Were there any positives in the last two games for Michigan State? Well, Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated, he joins to tell us that and a lot more. Like, hey, who else is an unsung hero on this team? Should Michigan State be underdogs by this much coming up? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with the personal supply of five life-saving antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. And, well, it kind of rhymes with Jace. It is Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, you guys already know who he is. This guy's on weekly. Keep dragging him on here until he disagrees to do so. Chase, how on earth are you doing, my man? We doing okay? Awesome. Doing great. Hey, we'll take it. There we go. And if you're on YouTube, I mean, you guys might appreciate Chase is a suited up, ready to go. He's got the suit coat on. He's got the collar. <laughs> I'm wearing my Sunday's best, too. I got the whole field apparel on, but I'll talk about those guys more uh, in a little good bit. Stuff. Good stuff. Uh, you know what else is good stuff, Chase, was enjoying a Saturday and not just being upset at a game that college kids are playing. And I want to kind <laughs> of progress that positive energy into this week. We all know the situation at hand here. Michigan State two and three. They've lost all three games against power five opponents, but however, we're going to try our best to steer this in a positive direction here. All right. I think everyone in East Lansing knows by now that this isn't necessarily a season we were all hoping for, but let's just focus on the good times here because look on paper, I just got two quick things here. The last six quarters, just two touchdowns given up by the defense. And also in those six quarters, three turnovers generated by that defense as well. And you know, three might not seem like a large number, but compared to last year's team, that, that is a markedly, markedly higher number than what it would usually be over a three or sorry, a six quarter span. So just off that, set the table for you, Chase. Uh, anything that has stuck out to you immediately as a positive, whether it just be the Iowa game or if you want to bleed in a little bit to the Maryland game as well. What are you liking from Michigan State so far? Yeah, I mean, so let's start on the defensive side of the ball, right? Um, I think the defensive organization has been markedly better this year than last year. Doesn't necessarily mean that they are more effective, that the defense is fixed, or that this is a necessarily good defensive scheme. I I have made my thoughts on all those things pretty clear, Uh, but it's more organized than it has been. And I think that that's pretty clear. Uh, People are staying in their assignments better. Um, As far as an individual kind of one-on-one, you haven't seen the kind of uh, unit dominance from the defensive line that maybe you've wanted. But overall, I think the defense has generally been uh, more organized than in the past. Washington was really, really effective at um, exploiting some personnel and schematic uh, disadvantages, which which I wrote about uh, as far as you know some switch routes and putting people in positions of conflict and making it so that whatever the defense did, they were wrong. Um, yep. That will continue to be an issue. I do think Washington was somewhat uniquely situated in their ability to exploit that. Um, But just kind of the general organization of the the defense, I think, is better. Um, You've seen a little more complexity from the defense. Um, The double A-gap blitz is back. That's a big D'Antonio thing. Uh, You've seen more simulated pressures. Um, You've seen some defensive ends dropping into coverage. The efficacy of those things are 
kind of up for debate. They can be questioned. But the fact that they're happening, I think, means that there's a little bit more schematic diversity, a little bit more confidence uh, in this defensive structure. So, yes, I would expect it all to get blown up next year and, and for us to be learning a new defense and everything like that. Yeah. But you can see more cohesion there. Um, Angelo Gross is somebody who's taken his large share of arrows, and I think that it's been fair and deserved. But he's been sticky this year. He's played well. Yeah. He's been pretty physical in the run game. Um, had a really spectacular interception against Maryland. Um, has been playing his assignment well. Uh, Dylan Tatum is a guy who, who's been really good. I still think he's playing out of position, but he's playing quite well. Um, he's sticking mm -hmm. with guys. He's in position. Uh, and I think he's playing quite well. Um, so I think that those are people that you can look at and say, this is a positive. Uh, Jordan Hall as a young guy, he's been pretty solid in coverage generally, you know, where he's supposed to be, uh, in the defense for a guy who's that young to be contributing, uh, in the second level of a defense that's big. And I think that he's been a positive too. Uh, he will get burned. It's going to happen. And, and that's yeah, okay. Sure. Um, so I think, yeah, defensively there's that there, um, in the kicking game, I mean, hello, uh, right? Uh, Jonathan Kim, I believe the largest or longest field goal in Kinnick Field, Kinnick Stadium yep. history, um, if yep. I'm not mistaken. And he's been extremely efficient. Uh, I think he hit one from beyond 50 or 48, something like that against Central as well. Uh, that's a bright spot. Um, yeah. The punting has been pretty darn good, except for that one uh, when it wasn't against Iowa, which which was situationally pretty tough. But um Obviously, you're, you're going to have a drop-off when you lose Bryce Berenger, who may be the best player on the New England Patriots. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's um, not a joke either, right? <laughs> that's, that's unfortunately serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it's, the, the special teams have been better, um, I guess, from a performance, uh, personal performance um, standpoint. Now, tactically, we had kind of the inverse of what happened in 2021 against Nebraska, where it looked like Michigan State did a directional uh, punt against uh, – Iowa and everybody went the wrong way, but um, I mean, Jonathan Kim, uh, he's been good and, and, and that's been good. So, and then, and then you look at the offensive side of the ball. Um, the offensive line has not been the unit that I think people wanted it to be. Um, but again, I think you have something that's beginning to approximate the um, 2021 offensive line, which to be clear, was not good. That was not a good offensive line, but what right. they were, uh, they were fairly deep. And they were generally um, in the correct positions within their assignments. So they may be getting their tail kicked one-on-one, -on -one, but they're generally in the right area. And you have a fantastic running back who can kind of erase those mistakes. Uh, that's good, right? So, so you've got that. Um, Nathan Carter's a guy who I think has been excellent. Um, he's, yeah. he's a player. Uh, I think he's got some more eligibility, so that's good. Um, and against Iowa, I wrote my, my piece about it. He um, – he, he did a lot of work in the counter game. MSC was able to put in a pretty, pretty substantial counter package, um, which is good. I think that speaks to a couple things. The first thing is that the team hasn't quit. They're still installing new stuff and running it at a pretty high level against a pretty salty defense. Um, and, and what that is basically is it's a counter step. So a running back is stepping one way and then going the other. Uh, and then a lot of times you're going, you're going to have offensive linemen who pull or maybe um, a tight end or two tight ends who pull to, to normally kind of shoot you outside Um one side of the defense and, and Michigan state ran that quite effectively against Iowa, particularly in the first half. That was something that was really effective. And then Michigan state was able to do some pretty good constraints off of that. There was a quarterback power um, that I think may have had a pitch relationship uh, with it, that they ran for a big conversion on third down. Um, 
there was a, a, a kind of RPO that they ran off of that. And then there was um, they did uh, an orbit motion where they just flung the ball out to Tyrell Henry and kind of let him get free yards. So um, offensively, you're seeing some some schematic innovation. You're seeing opponent-specific game plans. And that counter package, that's not something that MSU's really run that much. They had a pin and pull, they had a counter in there. That's good stuff. I mean, that is that is really positive stuff that, that um, can be taken away from that. Obviously, it's not enough. Um, we all kind of know what's going on broader in the more meta um, scheme of, of it all. But, but there are positives that you can take away. And I think that when you're having a season like this, that's what you can take away from it. You watch specific players and, and watch Nathan Carter run. I mean, he runs angry and, and you can tell. He oh, yeah. and, and he's certainly someone who hasn't given up on the season. He's still working. He's still fighting and, and um, look for players like that for reasons to stay engaged. And I, I got to just, you know, say this about the offensive line too, because, you know, we've been pretty hard on them and rightfully so in, in most cases, but I do have to give a nod to their pass blocking at mm-hmm. least. Absolutely. And, you know, mm-hmm. They didn't let Iowa get any sacks on them. And I know that this is an odd year for Iowa. That's actually really not, you know, that great because Iowa has only had three sacks this year, something crazy like that. But still, throughout the whole year, like it has been solid enough pass protection. And, well, Chase, if you're going to break in a new starting quarterback this week and have a scataway, it might be a good idea to keep him on his feet. We'll get to that here in a hot second. We're going to do like, hey, unsung hero, who's not getting enough shine? Then we'll go into quarterback talk here. But, Chase... First, I got to send you to the bench because I got to talk about Jace Medical some more. That is right. You guys already know it. It's the Jace case, J-A-S-E case from Jace Medical. Now, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about for whatever reason. Well, the Jace case, it's simple. They're going to provide you with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get the Jace case is fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. It is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and it is perfect for emergency use. Go ahead, throw Jace case in your house, your RV, your boat, anywhere that you travel, it might be a good idea to throw the Jace case in your luggage because let's say you're traveling abroad and uh-oh, the, the stomach ain't feeling too hot and well, you don't want to deal with a language barrier or any health insurance and oh my God, it's <laughs> a good thing I brought the Jace case here because again, it is all for emergency situations. You want to be prepared whenever anything strikes. And also, I mean, who wants to fuss with all the pharmacies and just, you know, supply chain management issues? (laughs) Who wants to? Not me. Just have the Jace case at your ready and also get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code locked on. That is all one word, locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. Promo code locked on for $20 off of life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical. Also, not done rambling on yet because we got to talk about the fine folks at Home Field Apparel. That's right, homefieldapparel.com. If you have not gone on their website, what are you waiting for? You are certainly not the best dressed at the tailgate, at Spartan Stadium, at the Man Cave, at the sports bar this whole season because, well, quite simply put, they have the best apparel out there. They have vintage logos that you may or may not have ever seen before. It doesn't matter how diehard of an MSU fan you are. They will surprise you with what they have at homefieldapparel.com. And also, when you order your hoodie, your t-shirt, your lawn sleeve t-shirt, even your hat too, when you put it on, it will be the most comfortable garment in your closet. That's a personal guarantee. They don't have that written down in front of me to read or anything. Like, I'm just, you know, earnestly telling you as a friend, it will be the most comfortable piece of clothing you will wear. So, what are you waiting for? Go to homefieldapparel.com. 
and smash in promo code LOS23. That's all one word, LOS23, for 15% off of your first order. Again, LOS23 at homefieldapparel.com for 15% off. That's at homefieldapparel.com. And let's get the one, the only, Chase Glass or Spartans Illustrated back into the mix here. And you know what? I, I had this whole question set up. I was going to throw a name out, but... Chase, you already said the name here because we're going to talk like unsung heroes. You know, who's a guy that isn't getting enough shine? People have obviously talked about Nathan Carter a ton. Jonathan mm-hmm. Kim has been getting a lot of uh, good press lately. But, man, I got to say, Angelo Gross, I, I know he is playing good this year, but I just don't think it's being appreciated like how well he is truly playing this year. And, no, it's not, you know, just the interceptions. And, no, it's not just, you know, my eyes telling me this. Pro Football Focus had him as the number one ranked player for Michigan State in the last game against Iowa. So it's also like the expert experts, too, that are saying this as well. Is Angelo Gross for you as well, or is there another player out there that you think deserves a little more shine here so far this season? I think Angelo Gross is a great one. I mean, I talked about this a couple episodes ago. Zone defense is not you have your bubbles and then you stay in your bubble. Like yeah. zone defense is is active, and it is yeah. it's more of a matchup. It's 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 – when, when someone's in your area of responsibility, you are stuck on them. And um, he's displayed that from the slot. Um, Michigan State runs a 4-2-5. So the second level, it's a little iffy, right? You, you have two linebackers. Uh, and a lot of times, Cal Halliday is not a really effective pass-covering pass linebacker. So yeah. people are going to run a lot of in-breaking stuff. And, and any route concept is going to have an in-breaking route um, yeah. that stresses the second level. It's just It's just – good offense. So you need to have someone who's equipped to handle that. And you either have a linebacker dropping out or I guess a a defensive lineman dropping out. Um, But uh, someone who's a primary run defender dropping out into that zone, you have someone from the second level hammering down and trying to break it up at the the point of point of attack, or you have your nickel corner who's able to kind of do something approximating both of those things. And, And gross has been really good at that this year. He's going to get tested. Um, a lot of big games on deck for him, um, but he's been really good in a way that I think should be recognized. Also in the secondary, I know I mentioned him before, but Dylan Tatum. I mean, he's someone who has played really well in pass coverage um, and, and the run defense. When you can have a cornerback who is a positive run defender, I mean, that is so wildly uh, helpful. It's it's unbelievable. And he's been able to do that in a way that I think is is really really beneficial for the defense to be able to shore up the edges and, and funnel people back to the inside so that those linebackers and safeties can make tackles. He's been really, really helpful. Sorry, technical difficulties here. I have no idea what's going on, but we're just going to chop through it, I guess, here. Uh, so when it comes to the quarterback position chase, um, boy, howdy. Uh, we've got some maybe excitement coming up here uh, going on in Piscataway. It, it has been heavily rumored that hey, Kane is going to be stepping in as your new mm-hmm here in Piscataway. I know it's been a very, very small sample size for Kaden Hauser. He's had some good glimpses where, okay, you can see those four-star throws. You get why he was in Elite 11 and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And, Will, you have the what should have been interception against Central Michigan and then the, yes, interception on the screen pass against Maryland. And we can argue all day and long about whether that was the dumbest play call you've ever seen or the second <laughs> dumbest play call you've ever seen. But, like, regardless, still, you, you sailed the screen pass and it was intercepted, but yada, yada, yada. What can you comfortably say about Caden Hauser? Like, what do you know in this small sample size? Or even as an expert like you, are you just like, I don't know, there's still a lot out there that we're, we're still unsure of. 
Well, I mean, well, first of all, I hope everybody was able to hear me. I don't know. We, we had some kind of technical issues there. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. My, my browser just shut down midway through your <laughs> session. So I'm like, oh, that's good. This is going really well so far. The, the, no, the gods uh, are liking our positive conversation. Yeah, the upshot was that Dylan Tatum has been good at run defense, which is really helpful when you have corners yeah. able to do that. But, yeah, Keaton Hauser, I mean, what do I know about him? I know he's young, and I know he's talented. So I think what you've just talked about is probably going to be a lot like what what we can expect he's going to make some really, really bad mistakes and he's going to make some really good plays. Um, he's highly rated for a reason. He's playing behind yeah. an offensive line that has a proclivity to protect them and uh, in, in the passing game at least. And and he should be able to be an effective quarterback. I mean, I, I it's hard to prognosticate, you know, exactly what he brings to the table right. with him. Um, I don't know if his legs will be used as much. He doesn't um, I know Kim, that was an asset that the coaches really liked was his mobility. Um, but Hauser's also not 175 pounds soaking wet, right? So right. Uh, there's that. Uh, I think look for things that are kind of opponent invariant. Can he ID defenses? Is he putting the ball in harm's way? Um, is he, you know, is there arm strength? Is there decisiveness? Um, sometimes there will be, sometimes there won't be, right? Like he's a young quarterback. He's going to get confused. Um, so cut him some slack. I mean, don't uh, don't overreact. Don't be too quick to, to write him completely off and, and things like that if things don't go well. And if things do go well, don't also overinflate expectations where, um, you know, you're, you're kind of setting him up to fail. It's a young quarterback. It's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, but I think it's exciting because if he's someone who you can, who you can get to stick around, um, you know, that's someone who you can build a program around, hopefully. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, it's going to be interesting. I think MSU is probably going to help him a lot by running pretty simple pass concepts. I don't think they're going to be putting too much on his plate. I think they would be wise not to. And frankly, I don't think they have to. Uh, Rutgers has a okay. good deal, but I'm, I'm not overly yeah. – uh, concerned about their ability to pass the ball downfield with regularity. Um, so I, I just take every play kind of in its own um, for what it is and, and don't try to read too much into it because this is not the finished product of Caden Hauser. But at the same time, be excited, be excited because you're seeing someone who you haven't seen before and, and who, who by all accounts has a lot of promise. Yeah, I mean, that perfectly echoes what I was saying earlier this week. I mean, essentially, does Caden Hauser help you win these games this year? Are you more likely to win these games with Caden Hauser this year than you are Noah Kim? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but, like, look, I mean, he is a young kid. He does have the higher ceiling by all accounts, you know, whether it's arm talent, whether it's just body, or, of course, mm -hmm. you know, the, the hype coming in here. I think it's just the, the healthy way to go just from a program standpoint. Like you don't want to end the season. All of a sudden you didn't give either four star any shot to grow throughout the season. Like that would just be malpractice at some point. I mean, you so, get better at, yeah. you get better at football by playing football. Right. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I, with, with Noah Kim, there's been a, a bevy of issues on the offense. And, yes. not, and I don't think that we are one quarterback change away from seeing a, a much improved team. But Correct. Um, I mean, his decision making was subpar at times. I think um, he got rattled, and and there's things where you're just looking at kind of the overall efficacy of the offense, and you're talking about one touchdown in eleven quarters or something like that. You know, against the other team's first team defense. Um, right. I think 
there needs to be some sort of a message to your team that, hey, listen, we, we have expectations here and there's things that we need to do. And scoring seven points against Maryland or against um, Washington Either team yeah, in, in, a, right. in a, kind of the, the tail end of a blowout, a one touchdown against Maryland and what, 13 offensive points against against uh, against um, Iowa. It's, it's that's not acceptable. So I, you send a no. message in doing that so i don't have an issue with the change um if it is indeed a change uh which if it isn't oh boy um (laughs) but uh everything that we've seen would would suggest that it would be and then and then just kind of let it all hang out and see what happens wimsat for for rutgers got hurt this weekend rutgers um isn't going to do anything overly uh ground on offense but then again neither did iowa um but you're going to have to come out and play a clean game. And if, and if Hauser can come out and do that, then he's going to give the team a chance. Uh, I'm firmly convinced. And let's talk more about that game. But here in a hot second, because, yeah, Michigan State, uh, pretty heavy underdogs in this game on the road. But before we get to that, hey, need to talk your ear up about prize picks. That is right, the best in the daily fantasy sports game. If you want to spice up NFL Thursdays, NFL Sundays, NFL Mondays, but, hey, you're also pretty excited about the NBA season starting. Then, oh, my God, there's the MLB playoffs going on, too. I want to get on all the action at once. Price picks. Just just go to price picks. It truly is that easy. These are the best games to play when you're just sitting on the couch or at the sports bar, or hey, maybe even in the stadium yourself. You can multiply your money times 25 this football season. It is so easy. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Sit down, watch the game, enjoy it. I mean, it, it truly is the best way to enhance watching the game. If it's two teams you don't care about, like on Monday night on the couch, I'm watching Packers Raiders. I don't care about either team, quite frankly. But hey, I had the under in both Jordan Love and Jimmy G passing touchdowns. And yeah, that's right. You know, just multiply your money by a little bit. And just like I said, too, you can combine sports. You can mix in some football with your MLB action, your MLB action with your M- with your NBA action. Do it all at Price Picks. Go to PricePicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college. That's all one word for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, PricePicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It's Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And let's get Chase Glasser back onto the show here. Once again, sticking around for all three segments. Even though my computer tried to crash our way out of this conversation, we are sticking around here. Um, look, I, I figured as much that Michigan State would not be favored on the road here. I thought that, all right, Michigan State plus two and a half would, would be the line here. Mm-hmm. Chase, it opened up, depending on what sport book you look at, but if you go to the fine folks at FanDuel, that game opened up as Michigan State five-point underdogs. Now, that might not seem like a whole lot of points, but, boy, against a, a Rutgers team, and I get that they're okay this year, but against the Rutgers team, oh my God, that's that's a little steep. Were you surprised to see that line, or were you like, no, Rutgers is, Rutgers is defense? That that's nice English right there. Rutgers' defense is really that good. I'm gonna stop rambling. I sound like a lunatic <laughs> right now, but I guess were you surprised to see it that big? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was. Okay. I mean, okay. listen, I don't. Right. I think that this game's probably gonna play out a lot like Rutgers uh, did. Um, last year where it's it's just kind of a rock fight of a game it's not pretty and Michigan State wins what 23-16 or something like that Um, yeah yeah so it's it's um I don't know I I just I don't think Rutgers can score 
I mean, they, they were not able to consistently move the ball against Wisconsin. They got one uh, kind of freak play against Michigan in which a cornerback and a safety both fell down. I just, I don't think that they're going to be able to maintain offense. Now, if Michigan state helps them and turns the ball over and does that, okay, then we'll have a conversation, but I just, I I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I've said for three weeks that I think, you know, Michigan State's been undervalued and I've been pretty roundly proven wrong every time, but I just, I don't see it. I I, I continue to not see it. I know. It It sounds crazy. (laughs) I just, I I don't know. I don't think Rutgers can score. I mean, listen, if if we're having a conversation next week going into, into, you know, Michigan and and Ohio State with uh, staring down the barrel of like a 31-13 loss to Rutgers, okay, then, you know, it's maybe time to, to panic and freak out a little bit, but I just, I don't see it. I really don't. I don't think Rutgers is going to be able to maintain uh, an offensive presence in this game. I really don't. I, I, I just, I don't. <laughs> so yes, I'm surprised. Yesterday with uh, lockdown recruiting expert, Brian Smith, after we were, uh, were done recording, we were talking about this game and he said, call the sports book and see what number you can get on taking under 30 points total. Cause right now it is at 43 and a half, but like, dude, I'm right with you. Like, I, I don't know how well Michigan State is going to score, and that's both parts. Like, okay, Michigan State's offense, not that great this year. That's no secret. But Rutgers has really got something cooking on defense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, their defense is good. I mean, Shiano's oh, a yeah. good sure. guy. They, they recruit well. Um, they they have a, a solid pass rush. Uh, they defend yeah. the run well. They're sticky in, in coverage. Yeah, no, they have a good defense. I definitely think points are going to be at a premium. Um, but, man, I just – I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know. Is it just those? Is it just the turnovers though? Because that's something that Michigan State has been really good at the last few weeks is just turning the ball over. And I know that every single game mm-hmm. afterwards, we get Harlan Barnett saying, "Oh, once we clean these up, we're going to be a good team." It's like, well, what if that is just who you are though? What what if you mm-hmm. are just this turnover prone team? Because Harlan, I can't do this for a fourth week in a row of you getting up to a podium and saying, "Oh, once we clean all this up, it'll be all good in the hood." Like. Maybe this is part of your identity here. And so I think that is what is really spooking me because, again, just like you said, it's not like Rutgers has a great offense. They had mm-hmm. four drives in their first five against Wisconsin. They were just scoreless. They were three and outs. Like they were. I mean, I mean, let's, let's talk about those turnovers for a sec because okay, I think fumbles, yeah. fumbles are largely luck. Okay. Like yeah. I just, I really do believe that. Yes. You, some people are better at ball security than others. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Stephen Ridley for the Patriots, he had a fumbling problem. Like that's why he didn't stick in the league. Right. Like, yes, that, but largely I think fumbles are, are pretty luck um, variant. So kind of take that out of it. Just kind of thinking Noah Kim interceptions off the top of my head. Uh, you had a slant against Washington where he just tried to look off a linebacker and planted it right mm-hmm. in his chest plate. Okay, don't do that. If you have a linebacker planted in the hook curl, you don't throw a slant. You can't do it, right? Like, like you just you try to get behind him, try to throw it in front of him. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, there was a double move that um, he overthrew that Cooper DeGene basically ran the route for the receiver. Okay, well, Cooper DeGene had another pick last week. I think he's leading the country in interceptions. He's a really good corner. He's amazing. He's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you had uh, uh, that that um, or that play action. Uh, that that went off of the counter scheme and um, Kim was just really, really, really late trying to hit a guy in the flat and that's going to get jumped in, in a cover two all day. And Iowa coaches that really well. I guarantee that those have been points of emphasis in the bye week. Um, I guarantee that if Hauser is the starter, there's going to be a script for him. And I would imagine you're not going to see those again. Um, 
I, I would think. Now, if you do, yeah, they're going to lose. But if not, um, I think that this is going to be a tight competitive game, and I think Michigan State should win. <sighs> I just, here, here we go. I just had my hopes up high, you know. There's <laughs> another, another weekday where I'm just looking at Saturday being like, yeah, yeah, I know what I've seen the last few weeks. I know what I've seen, but I, yeah. I believe. Yeah, so – here we go. Um, now, Chase, uh, we are legally obligated to bring up Urban Meyer's name yes. uh, for at least 90 seconds every mm-hmm. single show. If not, every single sponsor is going to pull their money <laughs> sure. on the Lockdown Network. So, uh, Chase, 90 seconds on Urban Meyer. Do you have any take on Urban Meyer to MSU whatsoever? Because, God, it's still nearly two months until we can wrap up this coaching sure. chat. So, like, let's just, yeah. let's just burn this candle while we have it. Okay, so yeah, so first off, I you know I read the on three rivals twenty well we are rivals in twenty four seven yeah uh, a lot of discourse about Urban Meyer. I don't get into divulging stuff behind paywalls and, and stuff. You subscribe for that, but I will say on Spartans Illustrated, something that we have that I have not seen replicated um, broadly amongst the other sites is um, we have a lot of coverage about the Urban Meyer situation with sourcing coming directly from people within the halls of power in the athletic department. Now, the the obvious caveat is that things can change, subject to change, nobody knows everything, but there is a level of insight that we have that comes directly from the athletic department and and sources therein uh, about the Urban Meyer situation, not about people who may have known something or someone, but direct commentary on Urban Meyer, his viability as a coach, and what that process is looking like for Michigan State right now. I would encourage everybody to go look into that uh, and and subscribe over on Spartans Illustrated because we have insiders who are really good. Um, But about Urban Meyer, something that has been thrown around a lot is like, okay, well, we just need to raise the flag and then we're competing for national titles. It's not that simple. No, shoot. Let's say that that Urban Meyer's hired. Um, What you will see immediately is an uptick in recruiting, uh, an uptick in altogether um, cohesion and organization within the football program. Um, You you will see that right away. But what I don't think that you're going to see that I think has not gotten discussed enough is the fact that the Urban Meyer that you're getting is not the guy that was tearing up college football in 2013, 2014. If you look at what he did in 2007 uh, and, and eight when they were winning national titles, in Florida, they were basically running the triple, okay? Mm-hmm. And then when he was at Ohio State, when those teams were super good, he was running the power spread where you had a guy, JT Barrett's the one that comes to mind the most just because he was the longest tenured. You had a guy who was a functional passer, but they had a pretty undeveloped passing attack, but they had an 11-on-11 run game with a lot of reads, simple throws, and they were able to just torture teams and, and they, they'd stay on the field. And if it was third and one, you know, you're getting quarterback power and they're going to pick yeah. it up. That power spread was effective, but it got pretty soundly defeated by Michigan State in 2015, Michigan State in 2016. That pretty rough Michigan State team in 2016 should have beaten Ohio State. Yeah. And it got pretty roundly wiped out by Michigan in 2016 and 2017. The saving grace for Urban Meyer in 2017 was JT Barrett getting hurt. Dwayne Haskins, who is not a runner coming in and them realizing, hey, we can just run an NFL offense with these great wide receivers that we have. And that just eviscerated Don Brown, who ran yeah. a one high man aimed at taking away that power spread. And if you look at those state that those Ohio State teams, 2017, 2018, blowout loss to Purdue, blowout loss to um, Iowa, I believe. And just they were not the same teams that you saw 
in, in 2014 and 2015 that were so good because his stuff got downloaded. You will see a different version of Urban Meyer, um, but you won't see that kind of schematic efficacy that you saw in the early to mid 2000, 2010s, I guess, just yeah. because the game has passed that by. You will see more organization. You will see a, a more um, coherent and, and um, efficient program. But the idea that he's going to come in, get his guys, and, and you're going to be competing for a national title, I don't know. I, I think it actually would probably look a lot more like what the Harbaugh tenures looked like at Michigan, where you come in and you are immediately 10 wins competitive. But especially okay. in the and there's a plateau there where it's going to be tough to break yeah. into that upper echelon. Now, you take some time, very well could happen, but I don't think it's kind of flipping a switch. But um, again, you know, I, I digress. Go and check out all the stuff at Spartans Illustrated about that. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's a, it's good stuff. It's exciting stuff, and and it's interesting times. And to echo what you're saying, yeah, definitely plenty of great work at SpartansIllustrated.com. All the film room stuff that you do, Ryan Blennis on the recruiting, uh, the yeah. forums, oh, always a great time mm-hmm. in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, great, great staff over there at Spartans Illustrated. So, no, really do appreciate you, Chase. I, I mean, again, I say this every week, but I know the listeners, the viewers absolutely love when you come on, chop it up, talk X's and O's, but in a way that everyone can understand, which is really, really helpful these days. So, I uh, really do appreciate you, man. So, yeah, until next time. Hey, gang, let's enjoy the rest of our week here. We're going to have Greg Petuto. He is going to help us break down Rutgers, their side of things over the Scataway. And then to end the week, we're going to have Hunter Stahl of Pro Football Focus back on to run through all the numbers, the best players of this team so far. But until then, love you all. Go Green.